I'm Alex Stone, former military service member and law enforcement officer, now CEO of Echelon Protected Services, one of the fastest growing private security firms on the West Coast. And this is Ride Along. where our guests and I witness firsthand the issues affecting our community. I believe our proven method of enacting meaningful change through compassion and understanding is the best way to make our streets a safer place and truly achieve security through community. Welcome to the ride along. We have an amazing guest today. We're out again out in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we have our co-host JJ Arevalo with us today. JJ, tell the people what's up. That's what's up, man. Today we have Skis 181, uh, world-renowned graffiti artist and AKA muralist. AKA David Flores. Yes, world-renowned uh, graffiti artist and muralist. He's going to show us around today after we go back to the office and uh, chit-chat a little bit. He's going to show us around today and uh, teach us a little bit about the culture of graffiti art and uh, kind of what he does, which I'm pumped up about because, you know, me and this guy go back since high school. So when we were younger, if you got one flyer from this dude, that's right. You knew That's you were right. cool. Yep, yep, yep. And you were accepted into whatever environment. If you got the flyer, if you don't have the flyer, or you can't you get into the, the party, homie. You couldn't even get a copy. You couldn't <laughs> make a right. copy of that flyer. They would laugh at you. Yeah. You wouldn't get into You had to have the original. It was like your golden ticket, bro. So we're just a block away from the train station, and we'll be picking them up, and then hopefully, I think we're, what we're going to do is go scout some areas. What's up? I'm Skis181. Uh, I'm a street artist, uh, um, sculptor, art teacher. I'm here today to do the ride along and I'm going to check out the city of Portland. We're going to go to the studio, do a little discussion, cool, here he is. and then after that, I think we're definitely getting on the road to some of these paint parks. What's, What's up? up Primo? Hold on one second, let's get out. Hop in the front, huh? Okay, yeah. Good to see you, bro. Yeah. Good, good trip. I think so. Yeah. And then we're gonna go to the studio, do a little chit chat. Yeah, and then definitely we'll head out the to the studio. Oh, okay. Maybe grab some food. Yeah. And then go scout some areas, man. What do you think about that? I'm down. So we already kind of did an intro, but again, you're a street artist. You've been around for how long have you been doing street, street life? Well, street art. Uh, I started spray painting in 1989. 1989, damn. So were you, was that just single? You just started going out or did you go out with a crew? Because I know when I did it as a kid, right. we, went, we always went in crews. My brother was a big influence on me considering he, he's an artist too. And, uh, but he was more like Cholo on the lowrider side and... Uh, you know, he would take us to the park, and nice. and uh, I remember just bringing like two cans of paint with me and trying to paint like a skull on the side of the park. Yeah, cool, building. cool. And it was fun after I did that, you know. And then he had his buddies there with him. Um, after they all were like, "Wow, he did that right right in front of us." So I just stuck with it, you know. Hell yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. And so your old your brother was older. Yeah, yeah, he was going to a high school. And uh, so I he's was, kind of your mentor with with artwork. 
Yeah, in, in the beginning, yes. Uh, wow. He was in. Um, I, I I credit him for for um, starting my career off, uh, wow. if you will, because he was going to high school when I was in elementary school mm. in fifth grade. So I'm a fifth grade kid. I got my trapper keeper with all my drawings. Yeah, yeah, and all yeah. That. yeah. That's, that, that's, that was my getaway, you know. And um, he actually uh, gave me the nickname Skis because I would, you know, meet a girl and ask her, her name. Oh, what's your name? Oh, Maria. Okay, so I would do some graffiti letters, Maria. And yeah, yeah. That's how I would, you know, mac on chicks. That's what's up, that. bro. <laughs> you know, so. Back in the day, remember we used to have to go to malls and get numbers and yeah. everything. Have You're, pencils and pens. Yeah, yeah. You good so you you actually did the artwork, bro. <laughs> Yeah. You got you got you got paid with numbers. Yeah, so so That's in legit. fifth grade I was doing that, you know, and um, imagine my older brother who's in uh, high school. His name is Joe, and uh, he was more on the lowrider side. So he comes up to me one day and thought of the idea of uh, this is the first time I ever got mm. introduced to stuff like this. He comes up to me, he's like, "Davey, I want you to draw me a flyer, you know," and I wanted yeah. to say. Skip party and that's right. Put Bart that's Simpson right. doing a keg stand and you know stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> he started uh, doing flyers. Yeah, yeah I remember so back in the day we you were actually famous for the flyers. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, uh, so I, um, you know, one of you know, ten, eleven years old, drawing <laughs> flyers for high school skip parties. Yeah, that's what's up. And that's how it kind of took off. And from from you know being getting you know fame in the neighborhood people started referring me to different djs mm -hmm. musicians and all this so i took all these networks and people that i met from drawing all these flyers and just decided to make my own party and that's uh in about 1990 is when i started doing uh breakdance parties in Northside. oh nice yeah nice. and um i would take my own style of flyer and put on their, you know, the breakdance competition, and sometimes they would have their breakdance crew name on Yeah, there. Rock Skittles crew, G-Tribe, yeah, old yeah. G-Tribe. And they're so old that. school. I remember back in the day. They were so old school yeah. that people would get confused, especially like the authorities would get confused because during that time in Northside, Houston, Texas, um, and JJ will tell you the area that we went to high school was pretty rough, and Back in those days, it was more gang-related and stuff like that. That We are the reason that there was a gang task force during that time. So, what you know, I, I applauded them and everything, but the downfall was the first time that we ever had one of these breakdance parties, you know. So you have all these breakdance crews that come together mm -hmm. to do a breakdance party, and it consists of different different breakdance crews you know you have floor masters right here you got united b-boys over here you got the chaos b-boys and havoc coral so each one of these crews would you know usually dress the same you know they would have the adidas jumps yeah yeah because they're you know production quality all of them had you know like united b-boys had all black adidas jumpsuits um floor masters would have all blue Puma jumpsuits. Yeah. So you can already tell how the gang affiliation these these authorities you know got confused with because they're like, oh these kids are all in blue, these kids are all in red, these kids are all in black. But it it had to take some exp explaining for them to understand that 
this wasn't gangs. This was a breakdance party. Yeah, yeah with exactly. Breakdance yeah. crews of kids just dancing for fun, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I'll never forget the first time um, we had one of these shows, and the uh, gang task force came. They came, they showed up. They showed up. Oh wow! Uh, this must have been Harris say, County, uh, HPD. Yeah, it was most likely a Harris County sheriff um, in uh, I want to say about 1991, mm-hmm. 92s. First time I experienced it, and uh, they they came in. They made everybody stop the music, and one of the officers just threw up a shotgun and he cocked it, and he said, "Everybody get out!" And the kids just ran like roaches, you know. Yeah. Um, the place where we had the party, it was kind of like a, a ballroom and you know double doors. Um, there was so many people at that show when that raid was announced that they ran so fast kids were so scared and you know that's natural when it comes to our hood they ran through those doors broke both doors open like wide open (laughs) you know so this was a legal show this was a completely legal show the cops came with that misunderstanding lack of lack of engagement with the community leads to this type of misunderstandings Pretty much, yeah. you know, but this again was in the beginning of, of uh, you know, the, the history of Northside and mm-hmm. the way things were um, back then. I didn't really, I was too young to understand that some of these flowers that I was doing and drawing were like gang related, you know, because I was just a kid. Yeah, bro, you 12 did, yeah. years yeah. old, drawing an eight ball on a, on a flyer that says skip party. You know, yeah. I don't know what an eight ball is. I just thought it was a ball to play Whole billiards, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But um, it it there was two different types of parties. There was the underground hood parties that usually ended up in a fight or shootout mm-hmm. or somebody getting run over because of, of a raid. And then you know we kind of steered it more to, towards the positive side of hip hop, where we kind of just brung the formula of you know. Graffiti is the written word and uh, of hip hop and um, rap and and uh, hip hop music is like spoken word of hip hop. It has you know it has elements. It's part of the culture. That's really deep, man. It's actually. part of the culture, yeah. And yeah. and uh, graffiti in hip hop is considered the uh, written word, mm-hmm. you know. And many people don't understand it, you know, because a lot of people see it as you know graffiti, unwanted stuff, but. Ultimately, all this stuff comes from oppression, comes from wanting to be heard, wanting mm-hmm. to be seen. The objective of a graffiti writer is to be seen, you know. Um, that's the name of the game when it comes to graffiti. Mm-hmm. Somebody gives you a name, and you try to take it as far and high as you can. So if someone gives you a name, you can't, make, you can't claim your own name? You can, but the, the more traditionally, really? you know, you get your name from a mentor or uh, an older sibling or somebody, and, and uh, or you know uh, from and that's your high, artist name, from yeah, or from high school nicknames or whatever, you know. And I took my name and uh, um, I added uh, the one eight one to it, mm-hmm. which is um, a typical thing when it comes to graffiti art. Because you find so many artists that are kind of have the same name, but in order to distinguish which artist you are, you put the last three numbers of your address. Oh, really? So let's say, for example, if you're a graffiti writer in New York City, you write Alex. 
and you're you're painting it you know you're getting on but on the other side of uh new york there's another alex you know and he's doing the same thing you are so in order to distinguish which alex graffiti writer you are you have to put the first three numbers of your address yeah i would imagine that that you don't want competition between the two so having that well not necessarily competition but more uh distinguishing who's who respect yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to your brother, if that's okay. okay. You mentioned he was more involved in the, the lowrider lifestyle. Yes. And so mm-hmm. was he doing murals and ghost patterns on cars? Was he mm-hmm. an artist in that regard? Or no, he he dabbled in tat, like um, tattooing and um, lowrider bicycles. Stuff oh, okay. Like that. Gotcha. And and back then there was a thing. With Chicano culture, we had something similar to a scrapbook. You know how some people have scrapbooks mm-hmm. yeah. and you draw in it and you, you know, ask questions, just throw a sticker. It's kind of like the precursor to a black book session, if you will. Gotcha. So yeah. you would have this book and you would either collect letters from siblings in jail and they would come back with like pañuelos, handkerchiefs, you know, yeah. hand-drawn handkerchiefs with, like, the Virgin Mary. And yeah, I remember G- my friend Jimmy Rodriguez actually sent me a uh, a uh, laundry bag. Yeah. He had done up a whole laundry bag with his name. Yeah, yeah. Well. So I would get one from, from uh, my older brother who was in jail, and he would send me stuff like that. Nice. Along with, you know, braided... Mm-hmm. Uh, braided crosses and and plastic uh, jewelry that they would make over there so the the culture itself back then in the in the um, mid to late 80s even early early 80s we we kind of spun off from the california lifestyle where there used to be a magazine called teen angels magazine mm-hmm. and this was a, a strictly cholo style magazine mm-hmm. meaning Exclusively for you know, Mexicanos, Mexicanos mm-hmm. young Mexican adolescents. You know, you have the hair comb bag, the the, the khaki zoot suits, yep, 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 yep. and they would draw stuff like this. And the female always had the wing cholo wings hairstyle with the cholo bandan mm-hmm. uh, uh, bands on their hands and stuff like that. So it derived from that lifestyle of having a family member incarcerated, they would send you these, you know, love letters or mail or whatever, you know, hey, send this to my my mm-hmm. baby doll or who, you know, they always had f- funny lowrider names and whatever, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it derived from that and the style of shading when they would receive these handkerchiefs like handmade, it's, it's a style all its own. It's more like a shaded ballpoint pen like a grayscale everything's a grayscale grayscale and that's exactly. where this, these types of tattoos exactly and it's from. and it's always derived yeah. from a shading mm-hmm. black black work black wash if you will mm-hmm. and um it's beautiful it's, yeah because yeah. you get it, you get so much more structure with exactly the gray yeah well, they took it they took the flowers the shading mm-hmm. the clocks the the uh you know the the, the clowns with the happy face, smile, yeah, smile right. now, cry later, you know, mm-hmm. all, all that dramatic stuff and turned it into an, our own culture, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not just the illustrations, it's the lifestyle, you know, it's the, the, the creased up shirt, the, the, the clean outfit, you know, 
uh, uh, back in the day or, 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 or your mm -hmm. swagger or your, your lingo, you know. And, and this, this culture, it goes back all the way to the 30s and 40s with the zoot suit riots yeah. out in mm -hmm. L.A., Hispanics, you know. Yeah. Even though California and Texas were a part of Mexico yeah. and they were taken over by the United States, slowly but surely segregation started to creep in from, from that white power structure. And so this was a way to fight back and, and to kind of preserve that Mexican culture, the Spanish culture. And also have a form of individualism in your dress mm -hmm. and in the way you carried yourself. And so you're really, you're really the, you're carrying this. You've carried this culture forward on your shoulders 40 years. Uh, and you're yeah. one of, I would say you're one of the key people in America. Well, I was. Doing I, I, this, I right? don't I mean, carry it 100% entirely because that's a lifestyle all its own. Mm -hmm. I I know of it and I'm aware of it and you know a few couple of my siblings were like that. But the point is is um, I come from a variety of of uh, brothers that you know had had mm -hmm, their own mm -hmm. story, if you will. Yeah. Like that's my brother Joe alone. You know, mm -hmm. I, you haven't met my other brothers, and they all had their own thing going. Like for example, he was cholo lowrider. My other brother was more tejano. You know, yeah, with yeah, like yeah. the 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 snakeskin boots yep, and yep. the polo with the big gallon hat, listening to the priest uh, with the creased jeans. Yeah, listening to uh, Vicente Fernandez. Yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. So, going to rodeo. So each one of my yeah. brothers had their own style, you know what I'm saying? So I, I kind of see all three of them and how their style is, and I kind of consider myself them all rolled up in one, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha, yeah, that makes so, sense. You know, um, and it's kind of like a Captain Cholo, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, me By being my vatos combined, yeah. I am Captain Cholo. <laughs> <laughs> no mama's way. <laughs> no mama's way. <laughs> but uh, but coming from these these influences and me yeah. having something I call little brother syndrome because mm. I'm the youngest mm -hmm. of four brothers, so I would watch all my older brothers get into you know fights baby mama drama uh you know we've had drive-bys at our house mm -hmm. yeah my dad even introduced us to freaking protocol as kids you know like you hear a gunshot you know jump to the floor mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and uh it's it's where we came from and we were trying to make it into something else mm -hmm. you know because everyone Got tired of the mindless shooting and violence. Yeah, of course. You yeah. know, and instead of, you know, pushing the negative, we were trying to push the positive, which was, you know, um, freedom from all that gang violence mm -hmm. via hip hop and dance, break dance, the parties, the culture, the graffiti. Mm -hmm. And all that stuff, you know. Music. And that's what's up. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I, I brought that up because I was in car clubs growing up. I grew up in a Hispanic area, mm -hmm. and and uh, I was one or maybe one or two other white guys in the car club. Usually, we're always working on. I, I owned three Impalas in high but school. Well respected. Nice. Well respected. I was respected, <laughs> but I spoke Spanish, so you know, there's, there's that. There's that. So, but you were also recognized by Lowrider magazine. Right, yeah. as one of the top artists in the country for this type of artwork, and I think that's important to to, to mention. Um, I know that you don't really, you don't really, you're not deep in that culture, 
but your artwork really it transcends more than just one outlet. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, He's I, like Pink Floyd. Yeah, I've yeah. done a lot of stuff for celebrities, and uh, my work has been published a lot over the years. And I feel very grateful that stuff like that is happening to me. But sometimes I feel like somebody that's been out of touch and just been myself so long that mm. I don't really keep up with what's going on. Yeah, so yeah. when people tell me, oh, skis, you're on TV, or skis, we saw you on a book or whatever, it's amazing to me, but JJ knows that I don't really watch that much TV or yeah. stuff like that. I'm more yeah. of the old school dying breed and I just want to sneak around and, you know, experience, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, that's what's up. But yeah, that, I, I like it. Yeah. <clears throat> cool, man. So do you want to, we always tell this funny story about the Selena riots. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it was a big deal in Houston. When yeah. that when, when that went down, when Selena died, um, she was really she kind of embodied um, that Tejano Chicano culture yeah. in yeah. Texas, and it was but even in California at that point. Well, right? she really thing, grown national. I have to say to this, like Selena represented, like I might get emotional. Selena represented what we could be, you know, like coming right. coming from coming from you know the slums, coming from the and we had the potential with hard work and with you know stick-to-itiveness that we can make it. You know what I'm saying? Our little girls, you know, the women in, in that gym, they really looked up to this because they mm -hmm. were like, we mm -hmm. can make it. We can do this one day. Yeah. Um, so it was a huge deal when she died. I know some people make fun of it and they think it's silly, but. Well, that's kind of what happened, right? Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, there was a um, competition going on at, at the high school at the time. We don't have to mention the high school, but. Yeah. And there was a segment of individuals within the community at that high school that were disrespecting on the death of Selena with, which is, you can't do that. I mean, well, I mean, you can do it, it, but you, it's like, I mean, Custer going into the, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going to have a lot of very angry Indians. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> Even today you will see, especially young uh, female, you know, Latinas always wearing that shirt, the yeah. Selena shirt all across America, everywhere you go internationally. I see that shirt all the time. And so, you can't make someone can't can't make fun of an individual's cultural icon. Yeah, is my point because you're really making fun of them, mm. right? Because they kind of represent us in some weird fashion, right? In some weird way, and so unfortunately, someone got disrespectful, and yeah. that turned into a very bad situation for a lot of people. It's funny. Right? So he said he was at a party the other day, and someone brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I believe it because people still talk about it today. Yeah. So. That's the negative side of disrespecting someone's culture. But what you're doing is you're introducing the world to Chicano culture in a way that is within the culture, without the culture. Again, it transcends. It's inviting. It's inviting, and you're welcoming you're welcoming people into understanding uh, an entire people group, which I think is really important. Yeah, I I grew up uh, first generation uh, Texan, and um, being from Texas. I got exposed to, I would say, half Mexico and half Texas. Yeah, yeah. And I love the culture. I love the music. Rest in peace, Alina. Um, and just like JJ said, she is a perfect example of, you know, us coming up from the from from the nothing, from you know, just just raw passion, mm -hmm. and just becoming what you naturally, you know, became. 
the point is, is um, I'm I'm really grateful to contribute to um, everything that has happened in, in uh, North Houston mm. during my time um, as a contributor in the hip hop scene in Houston. And uh, but um, JJ got me thinking, you know, nationwide or, you know. I was already tr thinking nationwide, but he want, he you know he want to go international. Yeah, his, mm -hmm. his his train of thought, and I'm very excited for it because I'm a strong believer of hanging with creatives amongst myself, not just. Of course. You know, I I I honestly get bored when it's about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's why I make different projects, you know, of females or uh, showcasing another artist mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. my influence or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, after after doing it for so long, you know, yeah, I get it, you know, pe people like my art, but sometimes I'll use my platform or identity to expose somebody else, you know, that really inspires me. Wow, I like that. I, I, the reason, one of the reasons I brought up Selena was because you are kind of becoming that cultural icon to your community. I mean, you're, you've, you've been able to step outside of your community and provide a bridge of understanding to other cultures. And so in some way, I mean, I know that you, you, don't, you don't embrace it, but you are becoming that Selena type of icon for, for Mexicanos. On a grassroots level in Houston, absolutely. For sure, right? But the goal yeah. is to take it grassroots, you know, nationwide, potentially mm -hmm. international for him. You know, we want for people to experience his creativity as well as, you know, where he's coming from culturally, mm -hmm. but not just locally, you know, throughout, yeah. the, throughout the world. I mean, people should see that and experience it, I think, you know. But he won't ever toot his own horn. No, I know. He's a very humble guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> David Flores, very humble guy. Very humble, humble <laughs> thank man. You, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, your artwork, though, speaks for itself. I mean, yes. yeah. And we're going to go out and we're going to do some of this artwork. We're going to watch you. Uh, do what you do, which is, I mean, it's magical, right? Yeah. And some of, part of that is, it, it is almost medicine for the soul, right? Being yeah. able to, to put this on the wall and... Well, you know, uh, and I can, under, I can, I can pretty much uh, know JJ can get me when it comes to this. It's kind of like music. It's kind of like, mm. you hear the perfect song, you know, it, 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 it helps you cope. It helps you live happier. It puts a smile on your face, you know, it's, but instead of music, it's more uh, visual. You know, you see these colors, you see this painting. It's kind of intriguing. It doesn't really have an, a written explanation, but yet it, 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 it's inviting. You know, when, when you're at the light and you're waiting for this light to turn, you, you're naturally going to be drawn to something that mm -hmm. is around you. And that's my objective to just get it out there, share it with people, uh, you know, and. Um, I want to at least leave behind this legacy with my students and I love it. people that, that have and collect my work. You know. Mm -hmm. So I, can I shift topics? Is that okay? Sure. So I want to go back to graffiti. So, you know, that, that's a hard topic, right? Because some, some, you know, there are different levels of artistry, mm -hmm. right? Graffiti can also be used by some cultures uh, and subcultures, gangs, these types of things, um, to claim territories, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and I don't, I'm not trying to diss that in any way, but they're often using private buildings to do that. So there's a prominent gang that moved up here from California. I'm not going to mention that gang, but you drive in over in North Portland, there's a neighborhood called St. John's. 
we can go drive that actually, but if you drive that area, you'll see the very prominent numbers that represent that organization, very large, six to eight feet tall. And they'll, every, every 10, 15 blocks, you'll see them, very prominent areas. And they pretty much run that territory now. And they're using what I think is, and it, it's, it doesn't even look good. I'd say it like, it's not even attractive. They're just, they're just claiming territory. And so on what, on what level um, is it important for kids that are caught up in a lifestyle that could ruin them, that are really artistically, I mean, gifted children, right? And these are usually younger kids they, that they recruit. We've all been recruited by these guys, yeah. right, when we were young. So how, how, what is the way forward to get these really gifted artists out of that lifestyle and into something to like what you're doing, where they can be sustained, their life can be sustained by generating real artwork. Yeah, um, all that makes me think about one thing that I believe, you know, not you may not be 100% a product of your environment, but you are a dominant percentage of yeah. where you come from. With that being said, if you have a, a child, or, you know, that's artistically advanced, you're going to focus on this on this talent and develop it, refine it, you mm. know, um, and pinpoint it when you see it, you know. Um, my parents knew that I was advanced in art uh, uh, in fourth grade. I was in advanced uh, vanguard art and stuff like that. Now, if you take this, this child and you recognize the talent, but this child, guess what, lives in the ghetto, you know, full of violence, yeah. full of uh, colors, full of uh, any, any reason to mess with anybody. You're not going to allow this kid to, you know, interact and do stuff in, in the local area. Why? The kid's going to eventually end up getting shot, yeah. hurt, or something, misunderstood. And when I say misunderstood, I talk about a friend of mine in, from California. His graffiti name was Dream, rest in peace. Ask me how he died. He died in the state of confusion. He was painting an area that was gang related mm. and all he was doing was graffiti, you know, fixing up the area, adding color. Here comes an old school gangster. What are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. Boom, boom. Damn. Yeah. And this is all over graffiti. Yeah. Graffiti. Yeah. You know? It's legit. It's I mean, not it's, even a, a, yeah. a, you know, acquired thing that you, you can buy or steal or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, uh, uh, uh mindless you know pointless mm -hmm. you know but the point is is people like me and older artists that care about the history and are trying to steer it away from the violence and more focus on this talent this raw talent that's there it's waiting it's ready but you can't expose it to this environment you have to take it to the proper area yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. to nurture it to nurture it exactly. without it being assailed yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. If you have a son or daughter that, that's good at opera, you're not going to put them with a bunch of people uh, baking cakes. You're going to put them over here with the rest of the mm -hmm. singers and the people that will develop and help you, you know, refine your talents. Yeah. That's a really good question. You know, <clears throat> I wish I would have had talent like that when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's, you know, it's admirable because 
I had friends like this that were talented and that talent did lead them into a better lifestyle. And it makes me happy to see that because, you know, for a lot of us who don't have those types of talents, it, it's a, it's a, it's a different struggle, right? You know what I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know what struggle means being a true artist. You have to understand, you have to be ready to, you know, give up things as well as adapt to them. And, um, you know, it, it's it's a rarity coming from um, Texas all the way over here, and for me to tell my story because, you know, again, JG told me, you know, not many people know my stuff here, but the objective is to do it. And mm -hmm. one of my uh, one of my mentors hit it right on the money when he said skis. He goes, take it like this: you you're you're not a prophet in your own city. Yeah. Yeah. Very so, true, right? Yeah, yeah, very true. Like, everybody knows me in Houston. Yeah, they okay, skis. Yeah, what's up, this and that. But outside of my city, I'm, I'm somebody else. And of that's course. the objective, yeah. too. You're respected much more because yeah. when you're there and you're constantly exposed to it, right, it becomes like second nature. You're just like, mm -hmm. oh, it's just skis again with his amazing artwork. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you bring it out here <laughs> and you contrast it against what's there, you know, you get to see some... Mm -hmm some difference in culture and perspective because it's just not here yeah. the, that vibe that style that feeling that you know cultura's mm -hmm. culture you know yeah. so going kind of going back to this graffiti theme so obviously you're an artist mm -hmm. people that are good in graffiti that's what they do is art how do you what is the process that you use to determine where you're going to put your artwork uh, it depends whether or not if it's a commission or if it's just something that I'm doing for fun. Something you're doing for fun. Okay. Right. That isn't commissioned. Yeah. That's going to be in public view. Right. Uh, when it's something like that, formula like that, I take it and I use a lot of improv. Just because it becomes a little more challenging for me as an artist. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I try to find the muse and doing stuff that's already premeditated drawn and all that but <laughs> uh i like to start in my mind with a clean slate so i won't have a drawing or whatever i'll just think of something and then just go with it you know and that's what um i try to do when it comes to wow. public art really yeah so kind of a, maybe maybe a mental picture maybe not You're just... sometimes i'll have something sometimes wow. i won't oh wow so but it's a, it's a combination of your of your imagination and yeah. also your emotions in the moment. Yeah, you you push you're pushing you know your your emotions, you're pushing ideas and uh, kind of freestyling off the dome mm. on the whim. Um, that's the beauty about spray paint because if it doesn't come out the way I want to, I can always go over it again. Yeah, yeah. And it'll dry faster than regular paint. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. So when you're out and you're looking at areas, and I, I, this is just a personal question, mm. um, and you see graffiti artists that are, you, they're obviously not that good at what they do. And I'm not saying we should rag or dog on any. Right, right, right. They're beginners. They're, they're beginners or they just, they're just doing it. They're just being sloppy. But they're, not, they're either sloppy and they're not really, they don't have the level of talent that they really should have, right? How does that make you feel? As someone who, I mean, your artwork is absolutely amazing. So Thank you. I don't expect everyone to be at your level. Right. 
But I mean, um, doesn't it? It frustrates me when I because if I see good graffiti, it doesn't really bother me that much. But when I see really bad graffiti, mm-hmm. it kind of does bother me. You know? Yeah, right? I mean, the bad graffiti, of course, is anything that's negative or anything that's foul or you know. But my thing is, is um, to each his own. You know, to each his own. Everybody runs their course. Uh, me and myself, I can't really say anything bad about bad graffiti because I've been there. I was a kid experimenting yeah. as well. Um, so even when you were younger, there was that developmental process where you... There was a development where mm-hmm. I, I tinkered with different names, you know, that it wasn't just skis. I would have aliases and uh, tinker with different letters and ideas and concepts, uh, I remember for a while when I first got exposed to uh, the Brock Band Tool, you know, <laughs> I, I made a series called Skeezer Stink Fist, you know. And, and, <laughs> That's what's up. And That's it was up. and That's it funny. was black and white. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird, you know, mm-hmm. and it was an alias and I was everything that I created was was from listening to that music, you know what I'm saying? Wow. So it was more kinda like a a, a documented uh body of body of work that mm-hmm. came out based on listening to this type of music you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying i don't know if you guys ever seen that that those those collection of drawings that people have done based on what drugs they're taking no, <laughs> no. Well, that, that sounds hilarious that sounds hilarious <laughs> it's it's pretty funny i'm sure uh, the mushrooms is great yeah yeah so, you know, they, they give a test to each artist and, you know, they they put the drug, you know, opiate, whatever, you know, cigarettes, this, that, da, 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 you know what I mean? And they get so abstract as you go down yeah. along the line, you know what I'm but saying? But with you, it's music and... Yeah, with me, it's music and all that. Say no to drugs. Yeah, you know... We're not inviting people to break any laws here on this show. <laughs> no. <laughs> but sometimes genius, in order to achieve its end, uh, takes as many unique routes as possible. Or has to color outside the boundaries. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, so yeah. have you ever been in legal trouble because of this type of choosing to do street artwork? I have, Yes. And, uh, Can you talk about the not only the negatives but the pros and the cons with that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> this, this is kind of funny because I was talking to uh, Adrian about it. Um, Adrian is one of our uh, producers and camera guys. He's yeah. with us in the studio. So he was filming me uh, <laughs> base coat the plywood on the side of the road, and and I'm like base coating it, and I go, well, you know, I got caught. Uh, for graffiti, and uh, one of my uh, uh, probation requirements was doing community service. Adrian said this? No, I was telling oh, this yeah. to Adrian. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm filming you do this. Yeah, okay, so, you know, I did this for four years, and one of the uh, advantages of that is I got really good base coating walls. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> because I, that was actually my next question is, yeah. A lot of times they had these, they're what is in law enforcement, we call them golden handcuff programs. Yeah. Rather than going getting a prosecution and getting jail time, which for graffiti I don't think is necessary. They no. make you do community service, yes. which almost always ends up being covering up other people's artwork. Well, you know what's right? funny is it ended up being something positive for me and it kept, and it felt like it happened by accident because I was in Houston doing my, uh, uh, paying my restitution fees and you know, being a good boy, probation, and then I had community service. I would have to 
show up six in the morning. They would give you your hard hat and your vest. Yeah, and, we've all been there. Yeah, anything from big machete cutting down a bunch of crazy weeds on the side of a bayou to buffing uh, unwanted graffiti, or should I say painting over unwanted graffiti. And, of course, they put me in the graffiti stuff because, oh, you know, Skis is the artist. Great. So, um, And what you're doing is anti-art. Yeah. And how did that make you feel? Like, Well, it, it hurt because I was actually yeah. painting over people that I knew. Exactly, yeah. Um, and did they blame you for that? Was, was there ever any personal... No, it was more like, okay, you're doing your, your community service. We understand. We yeah. got a picture. You know, I... I've, I'm I'm really you know um, uh, aware and sometimes I'm like oh I'm sorry you know I didn't mean to do this so I acknowledge it you know and they're like oh well just the fact that you acknowledge it you know it's cool yeah, with yeah. me but um, one of the biggest advantages of doing that was um, I I met people that wanted legal work they they were like oh, really? hey this wow. is what you really do can you instead of put just leave it this unwanted gray wash buffed wow. wall do a mural on it you know and might get, put some color in there let's give it a concept let's give it a theme something's going to stimulate the community you know what i mean uh, mm -hmm. uh and uh that's how I kind of got my foot in the door with doing legal legal artworks and stuff oh like cool that. and i'm just assuming that once you put down skis, and it's S-K-E-E-Z-181, once you put skis down, ain't no one touching that wall, right? I mean... Um, no. when, I was, when I was younger, maybe. Now in Houston, they'll, you know, I'm, I'm glad to say people uh, embrace yeah. what I do, you know? But it, it's a, it's a uh, um, sh shifty game, you yeah. know, graffiti, you know? Um, you'll, you'll get respect when, when you're, you know, putting your time in and your stripes, but if you're in it for the wrong reasons, like fame or just destruction, mm -hmm. ruin somebody's property, then, you know, it's the wrong reason to be in it, you know? Yeah, that's not really artwork. Yeah, Artwork should build up the community, right? Yeah. Not, not tear down, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I meant by bad artwork. I see bad artwork, and they're just like, I'm like, bro, that would... Yeah. What do well, you do? Well, he also does, he, he does um, really amazing... Um, Tribal masks. My masks are more of more of a uh, signature uh, creation that I make, and I I tap into a lot of the Aztec and uh, Maya from mm -hmm. uh, looking at and studying the uh, hieroglyphics and sculptures, stuff that they created in the past. Me being um, full-blooded Mexican. Um, at the age of 30 is when I met two friends of mine that are both artists and musicians. Hmm. This guy named Javier Herrera and then another guy named uh, Mario Jose Olvera. And both of these guys, what separated them from regular artists is not only were they artists, creatives, and teachers, but they were also Aztec dancers. Wow, and that's awesome. uh, they would practice the uh, lifestyle and they would pray based on all four directions, uh, based on the alignment of the stars and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Coincidentally, I met them at the age of 30. Coincidentally, it was the same time I got my, I was getting my head tattooed with the uh, Aztec calendar. Mm -hmm. And uh, that all that didn't happen intentionally, it just happened by weird coincidence. Mm -hmm.
-hmm. So I, before then, I, w I would consider myself an urban Chicano artist. Got you. Graffiti, yeah. lowrider cars, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. After I met them, I kind of, you know, got lowered closer to the earth because I started understanding my culture. I started understanding that my roots, understanding the fact that we didn't have a written language. It was a visual, illustrated language. Mm -hmm. Like if we were back then in Mexico City, I would tell JJ, you know, draw me what you want me to bring you back. So he would have to get in there, draw me a chicken, <laughs> some eggs, a spear, uh, a no. knife, yeah, and yeah. a bow and arrow. And that's what I would take and come back with it. Uh, the the understanding our heritage is an illustrated yeah I love it form of heritage it's, it's a comic strip it's it's always a narrative yeah that's there's always why a narrative there that's why there's the it's big a pictorial joke. narrative I love there, it there's yeah. always a big joke oh you're Mexican you must know how to draw <laughs> no no it's true yeah, yeah that's right. that's or you can yeah. do landscaping or architecture or, hey, yeah you tattoo right yeah <laughs> yeah definitely but you know under, uh, my my thing is, is after I, I met these guys. And for, I stayed with them for five years. And uh, wow. I was surrounded with the culture. They would dance for... So full you know, cultural immersion. Yeah. They wow. would dance for the solstice, for positioning of the sun, moon, all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And understanding you know, the literature and reading all this ancient hieroglyphics and how they made books and designed a calendar mm -hmm. and based on the stars and it's just so intriguing to me and i felt i felt that i was done with the hood at 30. Uh, yeah yeah so i kind of yeah. wanted to refine myself yeah, and understand course. my culture learn about mm -hmm. myself so were I there think, any vision quests in that five-year period that kind of led you to that decision-making process uh yeah i in nine in wait 2003 i i had a home with a recording studio and was living on on top of the clouds you know working uh for the coca-cola company i would do a lot of murals for them for 12 years so wow. all this money that i made i invested into my home the problem was is every time i would have a party i would everybody would end up at my house for the after party. Too yeah, you many, have a nice house. Yeah, too many people found yeah. out, and then I got robbed. You know what I'm oh, saying? Man. So after that happened to me, it kind of brought me back down to earth. Mm. You know, I'm not as special as I thought I was, and that's okay because um, it obviously happened for a reason. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because uh, I didn't, yeah, turn the page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, um... No, so, you know, after, you know, after you've done, you've done uh, uh, the Coca-Cola, you also did uh, the Pink Floyd pig that comes out at every concert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He has a video of him with Roger Waters, you know, really? giving cool. him critiques on the pig. That's awesome. He's also done the mural for Limp Biscuit. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, you know, different things that he's done. He there's has, a lot of uh, celebrities and, and I'm, I'm really grateful for the work, you know, because it feels like a pinnacle moment as an artist. You're like, mm -hmm, yeah. I never thought I would reach to the point where an actual celebrity or another creative mm -hmm. appreciates what I'm doing, you know? 
I think that's gold. Oh, I can't even imagine that. If yeah. I was in your position, I'd feel like a million dollars. Even if I only got paid a hundred. I yeah. wish I had because a million dollars. That, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. We're but working that, on that. Yeah, that person yeah. choosing you, looking at your artwork saying, even tattoo artists, I mean, yeah. obviously I, we, we all, well, JJ doesn't get tattooed, but uh, we have a lot of tattoos. And tattoo yeah. artists even feel very honored when you choose them. Yeah. But having yeah. A, a, a famous person choose you to do their artwork especially something they're going to display like on stage at concerts. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I, I totally respect the idea and aesthetic behind uh, familiar artists and, and top tier uh, creators, producers, everything, mm -hmm. everybody in the creative field. That's just top, top game that brings their hundred percent. And uh, um, back to the question uh, you were asking about, um, these amateurs trying to come up overnight yeah. but the the thing for me is not necessarily you know the followers but more the quality of work that that i'm i'm uh, dishing out mm. here i'm not i'm not doing this for a race i'm pouring each one of these out like like creation that mm -hmm. you know like something that we we cooked up in the oven it's peace of my soul you yeah know for what I'm sure saying? it's not just you run in the mill carbon copy whatever mm -hmm. you know and that's the the difference different differentiation whatever you call i can't say the word um that that uh separates me getting work for hire and then me getting hired to just do me yeah you know what i'm saying yeah totally. so as an artist you have to Kind you have to work with Coca-Cola yeah. in order to get the... I mean, if you really want to get paid, yeah. you're going to have to be okay with taking direction. And many people have a hard time swallowing their pride and ego to take direction mm -hmm. like that, you know. But um, if you're good, you don't even have to take direction, you know, more, more power to you. But as a striving artist and trying to reach the top, I have done works that, you know, I have to put my ego to the side my pride to the side, sometimes even my faith, mm. you know? And it's one of these things that it is on an, an unannounced test, if you will, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because, for example, you know, JJ mentioned I do masks. And yeah, I, I have a following now of people that buy the work, but yeah. I have sp special type of clients that ask for my work, but they want a version of something in my style, meaning, for example, I was down in the dumps once. I needed money. I didn't know where to turn. A client comes forward. He's like, skis, I want one of your masks. Great. I'm with it. What are we yeah, doing? Yeah. He's like, you're making me a mask version of your style of a mask, and I want it to be the devil. And I was like, oh, no. Negative, negative energy. You know, <laughs> yeah. But at the same yeah. time, I, I sighed, and I'm like, the depiction of what would be called the Christian devil. Yeah, yeah they yeah. they wanted a, a satanic looking evil mask, and I'm like, well, I'm not that person. I don't believe in stuff like that. But at the same time, I'm broke. I need money. What am I gonna mm -hmm. do? This is like you know me having to just make something. And you should have just put El Kukui, the boogeyman, right <laughs> <laughs> on there. I think what's important and what I think what you're trying, like what I'm seeing is, is that, you know, people watching, you know, the arts need patrons. Yeah. You know, we're fortunate enough that, you know, you came here and there was people that want to pay you for your art. Yeah, and, that's right. You know, yeah. and, uh, and that gives you, 
that gives you the freedom to then say, okay, well, this other piece, they're not going to pay me for, but I'm just going to go have fun. Yeah. And I'm going to do some electric blues and some yeah. purples and make it real, you know, exciting. But, yeah. that, you know, it, someone who's commissioning that, yeah. they wouldn't want that per se. They would want something like a logo or maybe something that they want specifically. It, I, I guess for me, it was mainly like understanding what boundaries you're willing to push when it comes mm -hmm. to rules, aesthetic, what you're going to do, what you're not going to do. I ultimately ended up doing the job. Why? Because I was broke. I needed yeah, the money. Yeah. How, you know, I would be dumb if I didn't do it my way. You know what I'm saying? I ended up doing it. I didn't publish it. I didn't show it off or nothing. I just took it as a job. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Uh, at the end of the night, before I went to bed, yes, I asked for forgiveness. You know, because I am aware of my, my gifts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would be stupid of me not to believe there's a creator or some kind that gave me this gift, mm -hmm, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So it's like I, I take everything with loyalty and honor, you know, and I'm trying my best, you know, live life with integrity, you know, to where mm -hmm. people come to me instead of I have to come to them. And, you know, that's ultimately my goal, you know. That's awesome. But we're working on that, you know. Yeah. And so we're, mm -hmm. you know, we're working on, you know, some different things that we can have, like where people can get original paintings from him, where people can get, you know, copies of paintings from him, where people could get yeah. shirts, beanies, hoodies, all of that stuff. So we're working on trying to create a brand where people, more people, can have access to his, to his products, which is yeah. really dope. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited for the products, but also my services as well. Um, I've been teaching spray paint can control classes for about really yeah 14 years where, now. Where, where do you teach that at i teach them wherever uh i can wow. i can do them uh, you know in the privacy of somebody's home or at a graffiti park or a public wall or something but um i've even gotten hired for like group classes group birthdays or whatever you know and it's basically learning your way around uh, a spray can, you know, point and shoot and being okay with the disconnection between you and the surface. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It is It is a unique art because typically you would have a brush and yeah. you're applying the paint on the surface directly to the canvas yeah. or, you know, something yeah. on the surface. But over here... And you feel like you do lose a little bit of control when you're... I mean, you're throwing paint through the air with an aerosol. That's pretty much what you're doing, yeah. It's you're, kinda, you're pointing right? and shooting... I mean, so it lands in the specified area yeah. that I want. And we, we're, we'll post some of your artwork because to say, that, I mean, when you look at some of the artwork, you're like, man, he did that with a spray paint can? Yeah, yeah. no, it's crazy. It does literally look painted on. I mean, yeah. it's, it is, it's yeah. amazing. It yeah, is. well, I mean, also consider the fact I've been doing it for 30 plus years, so yeah. going on the plus. But um, I, I never forget, you know, that, you know, where I came from, how I got it, who gave it to me, mm -hmm. you know, and my mission is just to spread it, to teach it, to share it, you know what I'm saying? I want to be able to share it with as many people as I can. Um, you know, when you go back down to Houston, yeah, people know me, but again, uh, over here is uncharted territory for me, and I want to I yeah. want to contribute more, you know what I'm saying? That's excellent. So, yeah, man, I think that um, it's going to be real fun. we got planned today. We're going to head out. Nice. He's going to show us some different uh, art that he's seen and around the city and give us some insight on, you know, just kind of the culture a little bit. I love it. Yeah. So, again, right along today, we're riding along with David Flores. Uh, street name is Skeez181, S-K-E-E-Z-181. Skeez, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, you can check out my, my work on uh, my website, www.skeez181.com, S-K-E-E-Z-181.com, 
or Instagram, same same spelling, S-K-E-E-Z-181, or just Google the name Skis181 and check out all the stuff that pops up. I love that. So we're definitely going to have some... Um, um, photos from the work today. We're going to go out. We're going to ride along with you. You're going to show us your techniques, uh, your artwork kind of gives a tip on kind of what you do and how you do it. Uh, is there anything that you want to tell the audience before you leave? Uh, shout out Community Action PDX. <laughs> That's JJ's company. Yeah. JJ and uh, everybody here at Loving One Another and Echelon. Thanks, bro. Appreciate yeah. it, brother. Big shout out to yeah. all the people in the background, Jesse, Adrian, yeah. And the people that, that have been putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wonderful. I love it. Well, I appreciate you coming out. Let's guys, let's just hit the road. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay, we're back in the van. Just finished up our studio time. Try not to break any major traffic rules, laws, right? Sometimes that happens. And uh, we're gonna go hit up, I think a couple areas, a, a skate park for sure. Yeah, we're gonna check out some different uh, graffiti in the different areas and we're gonna figure out kind of what some of the techniques are, what, That's right. some, what, some, you know, what people's hearts are on when they're doing it, you know what I mean? Like what they're thinking about, kind of get a better understanding of the culture. So the reason we're going over here is because this is the first uh, skate park I painted in 2019. Oh, for real? Yeah, when I first came over here. Wow. And, uh, I remember that. That was a good trip. You did the George Floyd thing. That's right. Oh, the George Floyd was 2021. 20, 21. 21, yeah. So I think what he's going to try to have him do next is uh, we're going to start getting some Cortezes, some Mike Cortezes, which in the Hispanic community call them gangsters. I'm going to have him do like little miniature Oh, nice. Pieces of work on them and sell them to. That would be huge, bro. Yeah. Street uh, shoe art is a is a big thing right now. It is. Yeah. It's a huge market for that. Yeah. I love that. We got to get someone famous to wear them. That's what's up. That's what's next. Put it in the comments if you know anyone that wants to wear these shoes. That it has you know, <laughs> is a social media person. Yeah. I will pay for those shoes to be decorated and we'll ship them to you. So yeah, put that that's in the comments. What's up. Yeah. That sounds really awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yep. I'll introduce you to a friend of mine. His name's Gus. And he does dresses. He's a dress maker, pattern maker. But he used to own the first Adidas shop in America. It was oh, in wow. Oakland. And this is back in the 80s. Run DMC just came out with a song. Yeah. They went there and signed shoes. Gus is he's legit, bro. Yeah. But we have a nonprofit called Loving One Another. Yeah. And we're trying to purchase 440 acres to turn into a working farm that we can produce products at. And part of the program is he's gonna teach how to do seamstress work and tailoring to women. The people that are gonna live there are gonna be women that were formerly houseless that had been trafficked. Yeah, and then their children too. Yeah, and their children. So we're gonna have, it's gonna be, uh, we're gonna call it Lavender Farms and Restoration, uh, Lavender and Farms and Restoration Project. Look at that, that's amazing, man, over there, like. Oh, that dragon? Dude, it's two dragons. It's oh, two yeah. dragons with like a, like a dude in the middle that looks like a warrior. It says Burnside. We always end up changing it up over here, and uh, the first time I came into Portland, this is the first place that they told me to come check out about painting. 
And then um, when I came, there was an older guy, older skater. I forgot his name, but I asked him, hey, how can I paint? He saw my work real quick, and he said, oh, paint right here on the side. Oh, that's like, oh, cool, you know? And cool. It was pretty much word of mouth. I'll show you where the... So yeah, we're down here at Burnside uh, Skate Park, underneath the Burnside Bridge on the east side. Yeah. You've been here multiple times over the past, what, five, six years? Yeah, on okay. and off. Mm -hmm. nice. Dude, I and love it. The last time you were here, a guy said, hey, man, that looks like great artwork. Paint this right here. Yeah, um, I, I used to stick with the formula back then of just kind of being visual and showing people nice. pictures of, hey, imagine this on the side of your wall. Yeah. Instead of uh, gang graffiti, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for and, sure, uh, bro. Yeah. I ended up over here. This place changed so much uh, from when, when I, I came over here. Like this wall, this ramp wasn't here. All these ramps. Oh, wow. right there. Right there. <clears throat> yeah, and anytime I paint pipe, somewhere, I try to paint like something that sticks out to yeah, me yeah, that, yeah. that I really like. So I, I really was liking this little weird door. Yeah. And I was oh, like, cool. yeah, I yeah. wanted to do something with that. So. Oh, this is what you did here? Yeah, this Can is what Can we get a, a close in on that? Look at that. That's awesome. Because they, you see how this pole used to be right here? Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. they came in with concrete and made made it go up yeah. because it wasn't like that at first. So. We got to come back. Maybe we get you some paints and you come back and do it again. That would be fun. Let's yeah. do it. I'm sure we could get away with it now. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. agree. See, I like you this. I love stuff like this. Someone who invested time and get, got murals done, yeah. and there's no graffiti. Look how oh. awesome that is. Just the fact that it's not graffiti, it's not lettering, but it's art done in spray paint. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, man. Look, they even put stickers on oh, his boombox. Awesome, I love that. That's cool, and man. And the, the spray cap for the chain. Dang, that's cool, man. But you see how all these techniques are done with spray can? Yeah, how do they do that? This is one color and then they come back with another. Sometimes they'll clean it up. See how it like got the shade going down. Uh, little tips and tricks to, to make it look 3D, you know? Oh, this one was done in 2021. Yeah, you can tell even by the way he he writes, he's a more complex artist with fills, and then the outline is real crucial, always got to be nice and clean. You see these points, yeah. all these points is, is the skill that you acquire from just being able to cut each line with that spray can, you know? It comes back with a nice solid violet, Purple mm -hmm. looks like a big sticker, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. It's, mm -hmm. I love these colors, man. Yeah. Like, it could just be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The this, magic smoke time, but. This guy looked pop. like he was, he was playing more with airbrush. Uh, you see some of these lines right here. Yeah, it does look airbrush, you're right. He yeah. Took, oh, and some of the stuff, I guess, sure. ran. Well, he took a spray can and maybe came back with an airbrush, because unless he used an effects cap, And so you, you, I, I imagine all this was commissioned, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, this is Burnside. Yeah. And 
Oh, the oh, I weird. love this rack. This is so oh, cool. Raton. This is so cool. He's chilling. Yeah. And it's letting you know the burn sides that way. <laughs> and you remember this guy from uh, That's crazy. from yeah. Christmas? Yeah. <coughs> Old school Christmas uh, movie or whatever. But you see how they attempted to do the can control. Uh-huh. When you do it right, you position your can sideways so the mist comes out from dark to light oh, wow. like a fade. So you go that's some of the technique. All right. This one too, same thing. Yeah. Instead of direct on, do it sideways. This is the whole thing. It's a whole big wall. Yeah. I see now. Look that's at that cool. one over there. Flash. Look that's how awesome. colorful that wow. is. Calm, divine. But uh, the trick to these is is the larger you are the more detailed you can get in your painting, you know what I'm saying? Really? Yeah. So I'm curious, so like to get an entire street wall like this, is that like like a, like a wet dream for, for a, a muralist? Yes. Yeah? Because imagine this. Imagine me acquiring this wall, then try to get sponsored or funded or donations for big five-gallon buckets completely clean this off, get online, put a call to artists, just see all these artists show up to paint one specific day, get a tent out here with a DJ, you got yourself a block party. And Let's so that's why it. there's one main artist, but there's other artists' names. Yeah. Right, because they do parts of the mural. It's, it's more like they're, they're, they're curating, they're directing yeah. it. And the, I've done this with King's Point and uh, uh, on more art spaces where you just, you pretty much just texting everybody at the same time, yeah. hey, come paint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they'll wow. show up, we'll bring out a DJ, we'll order some pizza. That sounds fun, man. And it, and it gets yeah, it fun does. because, you know, people start, they want to stop, take pictures. Yeah. All that. Dude, I want to see this real, look at this, this, like, I mean, this, this is yeah. impressive. The second to the This injury. is awesome. This is really impressive. I'm really yeah. impressed. I think this, this Have you not one, seen any of these before, cousin? No. Which is weird because my clients across the street, I'm not going to name them, but this you know, a lot of these are my LA. clients. <laughs> yeah, I think one of these is from LA. Her. Oh, yeah. No, I'm looking at this right here, dude. Like this yeah, is this is this is awesome. This is awesome. Like I, it's so. What, what now? What the, would you call colors. this style, though? Is this like abstract? I would say yeah, contemporary abstract. That is, I like but, that. But you know, the secret to this is the colors, right? Because the colors make you feel. It, a certain type of way, you know, the yellow. It makes me want to eat it like cotton candy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you know what I mean? Flashing with the, the teals and the and the reds, and if you see this right here, he he put he put his crew name. Yeah. T N R. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh wow. Well, you know, you have to really pay attention yeah. to, because sometimes you. Oh, you, there's another one over there. Yeah, you'll see like subtle. And down at the bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, now I feel like I'm doing playing Where's Waldo, man. That's so yeah. cool. You see how it says? Yeah. You can make it out say A S K. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all cool. these are like different graffiti crews. Oh yeah, uh, man. Let's I check out this. I wonder if there's anything on this side. It's across the street. Yeah. That's I'm really. It, it's, I feel like I'm getting a whole new education. So I'm not that much of an artist, obviously. I'm more of a businessman. So I'm thinking in my mind, if I'm gonna find you places to commission your artwork. 
what is it that makes this this building chosen? What, uh, how, how do you go about getting artwork and getting an entire wall like this? Yeah, um, most of the time it's usually artists that are just wanting to donate their work because it's basically free space for them to be seen. Okay, all right. The people that usually agree to stuff like this is people that have property that's already for lease, up for sale, just bought out, maybe is getting torn down to build a new complex. Wow, so yeah, when man. that happens, you know, that's when some are okay with, uh, you know, having artists come paint it. Um, I'll mention Five Points in New York City. Yeah, It's an yeah. old building yeah. complex and they thought it would be best to, you know, spruce it up with a bunch of graph to keep the negative out. Lasted for so long, but it got torn down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's usually that formula. It's usually a building that is either super cool with having paintings or about to be torn down okay. or for sale. So sometimes, dude, that people are like, "Hey, I want you to do a big, <laughs> huge mural because there's less likelihood that people are going to do chicken scratch graffiti on my stuff." Yeah. Because it's yeah. such a beautiful mm -hmm. thing going on here. Well, that's usually the formula when we do end up painting, but there's always got to be that one person that's either drunk or just being dumb that messes something up. Of course, you know? always, always. Yeah. Hey, but listen, we, you, you want to check out the wall over here? Yeah, I think we should check out this yeah. other. Yeah, I like this little guy. Look at, yeah, he looks look like how. He looks like Groot, what's his name? Yeah, Groot. Groot, yeah, yeah it does. Movie, right? You notice how they always incorporate a spray can with them, you know? Yeah. Lost. Lost. Yeah, yeah. L-O-S-T. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Look at that, look at that little. Yeah, they even added that as part of the deal. Yeah. This one right here is called the wild style. Yeah, wild, wild style. style only because it's the style is so wild you can you have to stand here for a little bit to interpret or you know read yeah. it. Uh, and wild style originated in the 80s, New York City. And really, that's the lingo they use for complex lettering. Wild style. Yeah, so I can probably figure out an A right here. Maybe that's a T. U S T adjust. Adjust, yeah. You see it? Yep. Yeah. A D J U S T. Yeah. Man, so, you're so good at picking that out. Wow. Well, yeah, you got to know how to decipher the graffiti. And it's been letter. there for almost three years. Probably. Yeah, Untouched. what it says 2020. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Dude, this one's dope too. Yeah. With the green and the, with the pink and the purple. Yeah, the colors God, make it pop. Oh man, look at that one. That <laughs> one's cool looking. I know I sound like a kid, but this looks so cool. This almost looks like a old English, like. Baby bok choy. That right there. It's like embossed, embossed old English style. Dude, I gotta go check out back over there again, cause there was some crazy stuff going on. I know there, there is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wake, wake self. Wake self. It oh, is. like the little wake. Yeah, like the wake, the wake of water, yeah. yeah. I just got a text. So All right. I'm, I'm going to go meet up with my ride. I'm, I'm going to go do some painting real quick. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll yeah, holla yeah, at you yeah. later, brother. All right, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, we'll walk, you to, the, we'll walk you to the skate park. Word. Yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> is he alive? I guess so. He's just chilling. He's sleeping. Hey, man, you good? Yeah, he's alive. All right, we're going to bring you some water just in case. All right. That's what's up, bro. Yeah.
Look how with just the phase alone and the detail, wow. he looks more like realistic. You know what I'm saying? I love shit like this. <clears throat> yeah, this is some Colors. really cool art, man. Flash. Yeah, this is this Flash is somebody showing off for sure, right? See, we need to get a whole bunch of stuff like this for you, bro. Yeah. Straight up, man. This is incredible. Wow. Wow, and it then it just like ends. An active, an active building, which yeah, it means does, yeah. they probably had an agreement to allow these people to paint. But, That's pretty uh, cool. It would be awesome if somebody like this EMS people would allow a legal wall over here. Yeah. That would be awesome. And then maybe like keep it EMS related. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, Doc, you gonna head out? Yeah, once you All right, bro, yeah, hit us <laughs> up, man. You're ready for us to come see your work. Word, man. Yeah, all right. I'll see Peace you out. soon. All right, brother. All right, man. Peace. Cool. So he's going to go do his thing. He's good over there? <clears throat> yeah, man. He's, uh, he said somebody hit him up, and uh, they got a wall for him. Yeah, I talked about bringing some water. Okay, cool. You got a city team doctor on you? I don't. It's in the other vehicle. Hey, brother. Yo, man. You want some water, man? Say my man. You good? Hey. Just in case, bro. Don't dehydrate. Don't dehydrate out here, dog. There's a couple waters for you. Drink them down. There's a shelter right down the street called City Team. Go there and tell them you know Alex, and they'll take you in. All right. Uh, he's crashed out, man. Yeah, he's Having out. himself a good little nap. Uh. Yeah, his pupils were not that small. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So that means like when you're when you're on opiates, your pupils constrict. They're really yeah. tiny. So I don't think he's on fentanyl or heroin. He could have smoked something else earlier. So we just had a great meal. Lunch was good. Thank Fauvon. you for staying. Appreciate that. Really good stuff. Now we're about to go see what Ski's got cooking up right so here up the road. He, we were eating. He hit us up. He texted JJ and said, hey, uh, I just finished up. So it had been a while. And uh, we're going to go see what he, what, what he got done. Right? No beat in the bees egg rolls we're eating while filming this podcast. <laughs> it's right here, right? Yeah, there, there, there. It's up here on the right. Watch out for these. There's a big old thing in the middle there. So.
up, primo? Want to show me what went down? Yeah, man, I wanted to, I wanted to, uh... What's up, bro? You finished up? Yeah, I wanted to show you what we're working out. Yeah, let's check it out. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah, bro. I can see your big spot. Skis when it went, I love that. Yeah. Damn. Is this but, uh, building abandoned or? Wow. I, I'm, I'm not too sure, but I know that the uh, Portland Street Art Alliance uh, runs it. Oh, and, nice. Uh, I uh, messaged them about finding me a wall. They, they got me one. I see you did a Community Action PDX logo. I appreciate <laughs> I love that, bro. I love that. That's what's I up. I threw it in there a little subtle just yeah, to yeah. get people. Where's Waldo? Yeah. Thingy, no, man, but... I love it. So break it down. Explain what's going on. Uh, I wanted to do like a kind of like a quicksilver style face with a, a tribal kind of like bird on his face, like oh, face paint. Oh, I see it. Know? I see it now. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to make him look modern, so I added the the uh, gold teeth, and I wanted to make him look like as he was getting lost with the uh, graffiti style arrows. The crab. I call them the crab arrows. So he was getting kind of lost with that, and he was in the middle of like some rural area with I love like it. long grass trees. Yeah. And he's lost in the sauce. Yeah. So yeah. is that his third eye right there? That's making the, the uh, bird. It could be, but I I wanted to just emphasize more on the face paint, and uh, I wanted it to look like something trippy that you can even just look at the sky alone and just get lost in it, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, I I was, uh, this color palette was on the whim, so it was based off of uh, stuff that I had right now. And it worked out beautifully. It worked it's, out really good. It looks great, man. Yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, wanted to continue painting this whole thing black, but I was like, maybe I need my black, so I'm gonna conserve it. Yeah, and I left it kind of scenic looking with the uh, little silhouette of the yeah. Uh, yeah. action stencil. Yeah, that's Portland's skyline right there. Yeah, I love it. So explain to some of the techniques you used. Like uh, on the lids, a lot of them are like the, the shading that I talked about, yeah. an angle, angle shading, then a direct hit sideways. I got a little glare going. Um, Many of this stuff has the clean cuts that you find when it's a when it's a uh, nice crisp line. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, I try to make it clean, given the space. Yeah. But this is a big one that that they gave me, so I kind of just try to stay big, just so people on the last lane can see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love it. It definitely stands out on the building. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it really yeah. pops. Man. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, it took about uh, three hours, I think. Adrian said it was about three. Yeah, it, it seemed like a while. Yeah. Sure. But we didn't have this fancy shade here the first time. We had direct sunlight when we were working on yeah. it. It's amazing, yeah, man. It looks dope. really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So what happened? I mean, are you ever allowed? Like, if they're like, okay, we're going to tell the building, could you come back and unscrew these and take these and keep that a piece of art? I haven't talked oh, wow. to them about that, but um, maybe if anybody claimed it, possibly. But uh -huh. sometimes they usually like donate 
pieces to like different charities or places, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's what's up. I love it. Yeah, and this entire building is dedicated to street graffiti artists. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And they said that my painting was the first of a complete renovation. So oh, they're awesome. Gonna, they're going to have a whole new slew of artists. I'm the first one. I love it. Yeah. That's nice. That's awesome. I love it. How long do they keep it there? I'm not too sure. We'll see how long it lasts. Well, I'm just happy I got a chance to paint. I got my Yeah, man, this is great. Man, if, if next time you're gonna, uh, you need more black, just let me know, bro. Yeah. Don't even worry about the colors, man. If you're gonna be doing stuff like this, like, let's do it. No, I wanted to, yeah, I appreciate you. I just wanted to make a statement and yeah, make it, yeah, it, looks make it something that pops. And yeah. Damn, man, I love it, dude. And so what does the bird represent? Uh, the bird, I usually uh, uh, started putting kind of like, it represents like face paint, like, you know, like whether you're going to a war or a gotcha. ceremony or something. So tribal so face paint. So this one, he's on a trip. He's flying. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, pretty much. Uh -huh. He's like lost. He's out there trying Those to Those are himself. his wings. Yeah. So that's like a war tribal face paint goes on before you go to war. Yeah. Or before yeah. you do a ceremony, uh, they would paint yeah. this type of stuff on your face right right yeah and that's how they usually put the tribal face paint goes across the the face it doesn't have to look like a bird but um i yeah. i incorporated that just because I, I like the primitive look to it that it looks so modern cool. yet primitive yeah you know what I'm saying? i love it man shit's fire man that is awesome man really three awesome. hours huh yeah about three that's hours quick i guess in this type of art you have to learn how to be quick yeah, in the Other beginning... Other artists will sit there for hours, days, weeks. But well, yeah, in the beginning, of course, when we were kids, the objective was to do something real big as fast as possible without yeah. anybody watching you, you know what I'm saying? Crazy. But um, as I get older, you yeah. know... I just am amazed at this. I would have thought seven or eight... When we got the call, I was like, there's no way. I was thinking this is going to be something tiny. But this is huge for three hours, man. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty I And mean, that's like eight foot, eight foot panels. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Right? Wow. Yeah, man. Good job. So what Thank did you, you name it? Uh, it didn't really have a name. I just painted it. Lost in the sauce? <laughs> Lost in the sauce. I like that. You should do it. And then this should be Lost in the sauce number whatever. One or two. Yeah, one yeah. or two. Yeah. You have one more. And then, dude, we should get get this and make it to where we can make it a shirt, t-shirt, yeah. or put it on shoes, or yeah. make it like a bean, <laughs> like a hoodie with on the back. You yeah, know? I always like the the women's spandex. They could put that on the side of their pants yeah. and all that shit. You know, like printed stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, I see what it is. The, the colors alone, man, I like them because they pop. And yeah, I, I, that's what it's, it's great, man. Seriously, yeah. that's what I, like I kind of want to just see it from further back, but I don't want to get hit. Man, thanks for freaking coming along. This has been a special edition of the Ride Along. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A little street culture thing going down here. You know what I mean? Alex, take it away, brother. Thanks, Jay. Uh, David, Skis181, right here. Thanks for letting us ride along with you. Usually, you know, a lot of people, they come, they want to ride with us. But we really feel that you're just such a, such a special guest. Um, it's been an honor seeing what you do, seeing this, this entire street culture um, 
I hope that you'll come back, co-host with us, yeah. teach us more about graffiti. Maybe we can get you some classes in town if you're teaching a class. We'd love to film that. Again, this is David Flores, Skis 181. Why don't you give a shout out, tell us what you're doing in the future. Yeah. Thank you so much, Echelon, um, Pacific Northwest, Firewatch, also the uh, uh, Action PDX, everybody that supports and uh, I'm really grateful for uh, getting this wall. Thank you to Portland uh, Street Arts Alliance and uh, everybody that helped out to make this happen. Are you going to be going anywhere in the future? What other cities do you have planned? Uh, I was thinking New Orleans, but oh, nice. I might end up back over here. Okay, great, yeah. yeah. This is a good art city. Yeah, I really and, like being here in the summer. And it's not 100 degrees. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Come check us out, ride along. David Flores, Skis181. If you haven't checked him out on Facebook, you can. If you want to check him out on Instagram, Skis181, S-K-E-E-Z-181. And you can do private commission artwork. He's going to be doing some private commission artwork for JJ and I. Check him out. His artwork is amazing. Peace.